Welcome to It's No Accident, a podcast about the challenges of personal injury and wrongful death law in Florida, one of the nation's most complex legal environments. You'll hear compelling stories about real cases from our law firm in Tallahassee that will help you better understand your rights and protect yourself from the negligence of others. I'm Mark Nani. And I'm Jason Hamola. And this is It's It's No No Accident. Accident. I know something that I get asked a lot is, you know, if if I'm hurt, if if I get into a car wreck or if something happens to me, what do I need to do? What, what do you need to be my first steps to make sure my rights are protected? You know, I know we both get those questions a lot. So what do you, you know, typically tell people when, when you get asked that? Yeah. And we get asked a lot because I mean, that's why people are calling us. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have no idea what to do. Uh, most people that are walking around are not expecting to get injured. Uh, you know, they're going about their, their day and you know, they, a car hits them and they're like, Oh my gosh, my, you know, my neck hurts. I broke my arm or, you know, I fractured my ankle. What do I do? Mm-hmm. Like I went to the doctor and I have no idea what the next steps are. Um, and, you know, backing up from that, just like right when the incident happens, you know, what should you do in that situation is going to change based on whether it's a car wreck or whether it's a trip and fall, slip and fall, whether it's a dog bite, whether you got screwed by your insurance company, you mm-hmm. know, it, what do you do in those situations is going to be, it's going to be different for each one, but Typically what we see, a lot of the cases that we handle are car wreck cases. Mm -hmm. So in a case like that, you know, what do you want to do in a situation like that? You want to, um, well, make sure you're okay. You know, know, right after you get into the wreck, you know, don't, if if you're not feeling right and, you know, you have a, you feel like you've messed your ankle up or you messed your arm up, stay in your car. Um, You don't have to get out and run back to the other vehicle or, you know, you don't have to really do anything at that point if you're not feeling well enough to do it. You know, you want to try to get your vehicle out of um, out of harm's way, um, but um, you know, just just stay put if you're able to get out of the vehicle. Um, talk to the other driver and try to get an idea as to what happened. A lot of times, the other driver's not going to want to talk to you. They're embarrassed. You know, they they know that they've done something wrong. A lot of times, they don't want to talk to you. Um, you know, try to talk to them, be nice to them, you know, go back there screaming and yelling at them. Um, and just try to get an idea as to what happened, you know, get in touch with the uh, law enforcement, get them out to the scene, uh, take photos, um, you know, tell law enforcement what your side of the story is. And if you need medical care, make sure they have an ambulance come out to the scene and, and get you taken to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't need medical care, you don't feel like you need to go to the hospital, uh, it's perfectly okay to drive your car from the scene if you can. A lot of times you're not going to be able to. You're going to have to get a get it towed out of there. But um, just make sure everything at the scene is documented and you, you get as much information as possible. Mm-hmm. Because I can tell you that about 95% of the time, stories are going to change. Right. And it's, it's, I'm always shocked at, you know, I'll look at a crash report and the defendant will tell the officer one thing. And then after we file the lawsuit and I get the explanation from the defendant as to what happened, it's something completely different. Like, oh, well, your client slammed down their brakes and that's why I rear-ended them. Mm-hmm. When they told the officer at the scene that they just were texting and weren't paying attention and they, they hit our client. So, right. um, and an interesting thing about that is at a trial, the crash report, you can't enter that into evidence. And anything that the defendant says to the, um, 
anything the defendant says to the law enforcement officer at the scene is privileged information. So anything that's in that crash report about what the uh, defendant told the officer, that's not coming in at mm -hmm. trial. Right. So they can kind of come up with whatever story they want to. Right. And we're, we can't then go tell the jury, oh, well, wait, look what they said to the officer at the scene. If you're standing in the same vicinity and you happen to overhear the defendant tell the officer, you can then testify at trial as to what you heard, but you can't, you can't bring in that crash report and say, hey, this is what they told the officer. Absolutely, so. yeah, no, and I think that's one of the things kind of like, you know, we've talked about before that one of the things that happens at a trial that people don't realize or people don't understand. You know, how many times, uh, you know, I've heard, and I'm sure you've heard plenty of times, our clients saying, oh, well, we can just show the jury the crash report, right. or we can just enter that into evidence. And people just don't realize that that's never coming into evidence. You know, the right. jury's never gonna hear any of that. And so, like you said, that's why it's important where, you know, again, like you said, if you're able to, if you're, you know, injured, but not injured so badly where you have to immediately go in an ambulance and you're able to have a conversation with the other driver or, or you know, hear what's going on, it can be so helpful. Because um, like you said, even in, in, I've had cases kind of similar to what you said, but where my client had a conversation with the other driver before the cop even showed up. Right. And the other driver made some admissions and admitted they were on the phone or admitted this or that, that they were speeding or whatever. Um, but then, like you said, later on, the story completely changed. But the Absolutely. fact that, that the driver, the defendant admitted that to my client before the cop even got there, especially made it so that there was no issue in terms of getting that into evidence. So, um, you know, it's it, doing all those things, I agree. You know, talking, like you said, talking to the, the other drivers, you know, taking photos if you can, just trying to document the information. But um, those are all important. But, you know, I think the main thing I always tell people, like, and you mentioned it too, is just getting the medical treatment. You know, I mean, you know, right away, like you said, if, if, if you're hurt right away, you know, you, you know you're hurt right off the bat, you know, get an ambulance out there and get into the hospital right away. But even beyond that, you know, it, it, over the next day or two days, you know, I've had plenty of clients where right there at the scene, adrenaline's pumping, you don't really feel it yet. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's almost kind of like when you work out really hard and, and you don't feel sore that right that minute, right that day, but the next morning you wake up and you really feel it. And then especially the second morning after that, you right. wake up and really feel it. Especially nowadays. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. And so, I, you know, I always just try to emphasize to people that in an injury case, the best thing you can do to protect your rights is to get the medical treatment you need and to not wait or delay on it, you know? Um, because the, the, the insurance companies are ultimately looking for any reason they can to try to pay you less money, right? And one of the things that we both know that they love to focus on is what they'll call a gap in treatment, yes, right? The where, gap where in treatment. You, you, you maybe go get some initial treatment and then you're still hurting after that treatment and you don't go back to the doctor right away. You know, maybe you're thinking it's just going to go away. You think, you know, you're a tough guy and you don't need to go to the doctor or whatever. You know, people wait like weeks or months before between the first appointment after the wreck and then the next follow-up appointments, and it looks bad. You know, the insurance companies look at that, and they're like, oh, well, you went three or four weeks without getting any treatment. If you're not getting treatment, you must not be hurt, so we don't owe you any money. Right? And it's amazing, you know, we'll have these, well, it's mostly guys, they'll come yeah. in, and they will completely downplay what they've got going on, and then their wife will be like, he's crying every night. You know, he's <laughs> right. telling me how much he hurts, I'm rubbing his shoulders, and then he comes in here and talks to you, and he's like, oh, you know, I think it'll be okay. Right. So, you know, don't, I mean, make sure you tell the doctors what's going on with you. You know, they're not going to be able to do what they need to do unless you tell them exactly what's going on with mm -hmm. you. Um, and let them make the determination as to, you know, whether or not that's related to the wreck or, or not. That's what they're there to do and make them and let them make the determinations as to what sort of treatment you need. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of times we'll have people come in and 
they'll be like, well, you know, I've been having really bad headaches since the wreck. And be like, well, did you tell your doctor? Be like, well, no, not really. I didn't, I didn't say anything to my doctor. I've got numbness in my right hand now uh, since the wreck. Well, did you have it before the wreck? No. Did you tell your doctor about it? No, because I, I didn't know if it was related to the wreck or not. I just don't understand, right. it, you know, how that works. So, you know, I, I guess I only say that to um, harp on the point that tell your doctors what's going on with you. Right. You know, just make sure you document with them everything that, that's going on with you so that they have a clear picture as to what they need to do. Because that's another thing insurance companies love to harp on. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, your your client went to the hospital immediately after the wreck, and they didn't complain of numbness and tingling in their hand immediately after the wreck, so it must not be related mm -hmm. when it started like two days afterwards. Right. So, it's um, it, it's something that that definitely needs to be done. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's you know, basically like you said, you don't. I, we don't. Certainly don't want people coming in exaggerating right. how bad their injuries are, but I also don't want people to go the other way and downplay exactly. it, right? Exactly. So. Your injury is no accident. Whether you've been wrongfully injured in a car accident, slip and fall, or workplace incident, Nani and Hamola are here to help you recover. For all your Tallahassee personal injury needs, call the offices of Nani Hamola at 850-601-6011 or visit noho.law. When someone calls here, you know, what would they, what should they expect to happen next? You know, how do you um, usually explain the process to people? You know, knowing that a lot of the times these people are coming into it, they've never been in any kind of wreck before. They've probably never even hired an attorney before. They don't, you know, maybe a little nervous or intimidated about the whole process. You know, how do, how do we, you know, here at the firm try to explain it to them and, and you know, ease them into it? Uh, we're a little bit, and I think you'll agree with this, we're a little bit, a little bit different than what you're going to get at at other law firms where if we're available, we try to talk to anybody that calls in. Right. If we're not available, obviously we can't talk to them and you don't have to call them back. But we try to get back in touch with everybody that calls in that has a, an injury claim. Mm -hmm. um, if we're here, if, if, we can, if we can take the time to get on the phone with them, we'll absolutely get on the phone with them and try to explain to them what they need to be doing, uh, whether or not they have a case. Um, you know, when they call in, they're not gonna get us immediately. They're gonna, they're, they're gonna get a receptionist, but uh, you know, our receptionist is very good. Miyoko's very good at, uh, um, if we're here, she's going to, uh, she, she's gonna try to get us on the phone with, right. uh, with the client. So, you know, once we get on the phone with the client, they, or potential client, they'll tell us what's going on and we'll, give them the advice that they need and tell them what they need to be doing. And if they don't have a case, we're going to tell them they don't have a case. Right. Um, and we get a lot of people that call in and, you know, they either think they have a case or they're unsure if they have a case. And, you know, we'll, we'll have to explain to them that it's like what you talked about earlier mm -hmm. with, uh, well, we know that you're mad about the fact that the doctor did this or this other person did this, but you know, you don't really have any injuries, so you mm -hmm. don't have a case. So, um, you know, we try to talk to everybody. I guess that's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, and, and I think, you know, as opposed to a lot of these bigger firms, you see basically have like call centers, right? Where they just have, uh, uh, you know, staff members who are just there to take these calls from potential new clients. Where, whereas, you know, like you said, you and I are make, always make a big effort to, you know, we want to be the ones that have that initial conversation with the client, not, you know, a staff member at a call center, which, you know, not, not to say anything bad about those people, but it's just, you know, I think 
people want to talk to an attorney and they're calling to talk to an attorney and, and not only at the beginning but throughout the case too you know i'd say another thing that people can expect here is you know that we you know to some extent intentionally keep our caseload lower than you'll see at a lot of other firms so that way we have the time to be able to have the personal interactions with our, all of, you know each of our different clients at the different phases of the case um and be the ones that you know they're talking to you know sure, certainly they'll talk to you know assistants and paralegals and you know the other things throughout the case but it's not a situation where i'm, I'm sure you've heard it plenty of times i have too um you know people complaining about other firms where they went through a whole case for a year and a half and never talked to their attorney one time right you know right. and so uh, to me which it's like i don't understand how the attorney who was in charge of that case could really feel like that he or she was you know, doing the best that he or she could for that client if they never even talked to the client. Right. You know? it's, it's just a different law firm model. And, you know, if, if, if clients, and I'm always shocked that, you know, sometimes clients, they don't, you know, you talk to people that have gone through a personal injury case and they're like, yeah, I never talked to my attorney and they got the case resolved and, you know, they're fine with that. But I mean, I know if it were me, um, you know, paralegals are great and we have great paralegal here and, you know, they, they, they know what they're doing. But sometimes you just you want to talk to you want to talk to the attorney and get a better idea as to what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. right. So, no matter your injury, Nani Hamola is here to help you recover. Visit noho.law today.